The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces, live at a local grocery store because getting some work done on our condo, getting some new flooring put down, so can't really be there. Uh, so I'm just sitting in a grocery store lounge right now doing the show for all of you guys. So you can hear the show here, you can take part in the show here, or you can listen to the entire show on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful start to the week. I am not having a wonderful start to the week. As you can tell, I am not feeling very well. Allergies are just clobbering me, and we're right smack in the middle of where this hurricane slash tropical storm is going through. It's just been pouring rain, and I don't know, something hit me like, Five o'clock yesterday afternoon, just running me over. Um, but we we persevere. We 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 get on with it. We don't complain. We don't whine. We just show up and we do the show. And we're coming off of a pretty fun UFC Singapore card this past Saturday. We saw Max Holloway knock out the Korean Zombie in the main event. Super fun fight. Told you guys that that fight was going to be much more fun than most people thought it would. In the end, it ended with Zombie getting knocked out pretty brutally, but Zombie went in there in the third round and said, listen, it's, it's either you're getting got or I'm getting got, and I'm cool with either. And it's kind of just the way Zombie wanted to end his career. Just went in there, got got, seemed okay, announced his retirement, and 
one of the super fun action fighters that we have seen over the last decade or so is moving on to other things in his life and we wish him the best. Max Holloway gets a victory. It'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. And let me just say this. So many people I've seen continue to say, oh, let's just do Max Holloway versus Ilya Taporia. Stop that. Stop that nonsense. The only, I'm not saying that fight can never happen, but to say that fight should happen right now is insanity because Volkanovsky should be fighting Ilya Taporia. Ilya Taporia has, it should be fighting for the belt next. Now, if Ilya Taporia beats Volkanovsky, and Volk wants to take a little time for himself, and Ilya wants to get right back in there, and Max happens to be available, and we want to do Ilya versus Max for the title, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm cool. But to say, like, hey, let's let's delay Ilya Taporia's title shot so we can go fight Max Holloway? Why? Why? Volk wants that fight. Volk finds it as a, as a unique challenge. So we're just going to tell Volk, nah, no title defense for you because we're going to send Taporia to fight Max? Come on. Enough is enough. So my, my suggestion since UFC 292 was Aljamain Sterling versus Max Holloway. Ilya fights for the belt. And then after Max and Sterling fight, if, if Volk retains against Ilya, then Holloway can go do fun fights at 55. He can go fight the Poriers again or the Gaethje's again. There's just so many fun fights for Holloway right now. And I kind of just don't want him really in the title picture right now on 45 unless Volkanovski loses the belt. So again, all in all pretty fun event in Singapore. Good win for Anthony Smith got it down deep to defeat Ryan span, who I think is going to be kicking himself for the next few years, watching back the last seven minutes of that fight. Got some good performances. Brittany Nakamura is really, really fun to watch. He's going to be a problem. At 135 thought Garrett Armfield looked incredible at 135. Junior Tafa with maybe the upset of the century. Defeating the just incredibly gifted Pacaporta, knocking him out in the first round. Pacaporta having a tough time with, uh, with the Tafa family. Giga Chikadze, successful return, defeats Alex Caceres, who actually broke his forearm uh, in the first round of that fight. First kick Giga threw up top. Caceres blocked with his forearm. Broke his forearm. So basically, Caceres fought Giga Chikadze for another 12 or so minutes, which is one arm. And Giga's back in the wind calm after getting thumped around by Calvin Cater last year. So it's good to see him back. And then Aaron Blanchfield. Hard-fought win against Tyler Santos. A lot of people just ripping her for that performance. But I don't really understand why. I don't really get it. This is the toughest fight of her career it's really tough to look good against Tyler Santos. Valentina Shevchenko certainly didn't look good against Tyler Santos, and a lot of other fighters don't look good against Tyler Santos. But Blanchfield, after a tough first round, gutted it out, and that's a great win for her. And to me, she should be fighting for the belts in her next fight. She should be fighting the winner of Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko, too. Now, I understand how this world works, ladies and gentlemen. Rose Namajunas is about to fight Manon Fioro this Saturday at... UFC Paris, and if Rose Namajunas wins that fight, she's getting a title shot. Like, I understand what we're doing here. I get it. I totally get what this is going to be. But if somehow Manon Fioro beats Rose Namajunas, Aaron Blanchfield should get the title shot, and on and on we go. So that was UFC Singapore, and now we're going to turn it over to you. 
to ask questions and talk about the wonderful world of mixed martial arts as we know it. We got Paris coming up on Saturday. We're on the road to UFC 293, which is just not a good-looking card on paper, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us, but we'll start with the buzzer. What's up, the buzzer? Okay, know the buzzer. How about Meran? Meran, are you there? Hello? Uh, Hello? Yes. Hi, man. How are you? Okay? Good. How are you? Good. So I have two questions for you. First, uh, if is when is he going to win from Sean? Or which one is a bigger fight for him? Him versus uh, Hamza or him versus uh, uh, DDP? That's all. Thanks, man. Um, look, I, I the way this year has gone, I ain't counting anybody out of any fight. So I'm not counting Sean Strickland out of any fight. But stylistically on paper, this is a terrible matchup for him. Uh, Strickland's head coach would also say that. But doesn't mean that they're not going to prepare and Sean's going to go in there and try to play the mental warfare game. And who knows? Like I said, the way this year has gone, Nothing would surprise me. That would be pretty shocking if Sean Strickland wins this fight. But who knows? But I do think he's going to win. What's the bigger fight? Hamzat's the bigger fight. But what's, what's, what's the road the UFC will probably travel? It's DDP. It's a DDP fight. There's heat there. DDP's more reliable. Like, I know he's not fighting on this card next Saturday, but we kind of knew this was going to happen which is why we all hated the timing of the DDP versus Robert Whitaker fight. But if I'm DDP, I'm going to Sydney and I'm getting right into that octagon and getting in Izzy's face and trying to steal his moment, much like Izzy tried to steal DDP's moment. And I'm not saying that in a negative sense, because that's what you're supposed to do to build fights and to build prize fights. But look, Hamza's the bigger star is a way bigger star than DDP. So that would obviously be the bigger fight, but DDP has already done his job. Hamzat has not done his yet. He hasn't even walked to the octagon yet to fight Paulo Costa. And who knows if he even does at this point. But if he goes in and just like just riot, just runs over Costa, then he's going to be in line. But they'll go DDP first. They'll go DDP first because you can bring DDP anywhere without issue and he'll fight. Uh, and Hamzat, I'm not really sure if that's the same. So... Not a bad, not a bad problem to be in if you're a fan of middleweights. Uh, Jstat, hello. Jstat, are you there? Hello. Are you there? You're breaking up like crazy. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. Um, now that the Korean zombie is retired, um, who are your top five? other ways of all time and in no order top five featherweights of all time um aldo volk holloway i think you kind of have to put connor up there because of the run he had i, I think you kind of have to put him up there and number five, 
It's tough. That's tough. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Faber? Because I know Faber made a lot of his hay at 145 outside of the UFC. And then he went to Bantamweight in the UFC. But Faber is a damn good featherweight before he went down to 135. So I think Faber's a good one. Uh, I don't know. Chad Mendez is up there. Yair's up there. I'd say Zombie's in the mix, but probably not in the top five. I would put him like seven or eight. But yeah, it's, I mean, there's some obvious ones. Aldo, Holloway, Volk, Connor. And I'd probably put Faber at five. I'd probably put Faber at five. Patricio Pitbull's in that mix too. But yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm good with that list right there. But zombies on the all violence team, that's for sure. Uh, Cole, hold up. Good morning, Mike. Uh, just going off like this Adesanya thing. Can we stop with Izzy like saying that the uh, DDP fight is like a legacy defining fight? I just like I think Izzy, given Hamzat his first loss, is more of a legacy defining moment for him. But yeah, I don't. I think that's just such an easy fight for Izzy, but um, yeah, I just want your thoughts on Aaron Blanchfield. Like, I feel like the way that fight went was kind of the equivalent of um, Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat without, like, maybe the game plan abandonment that Hamzat did in that fight. Like, she had to grind through that tough first round, and then just, it was a grimy clinch fight the last two rounds, and she got it done, so... Just your thoughts on how good she looked, and what do you make of this Connor Chandler uh, thing on UFC.com? That's all I got to say. Have a good day. Connor Chandler thing, like I said, I, I've been probably the, I, I've been one of the more optimistic people that fight's going to happen, and it could happen in December. There's a reason why we don't have any of these December fights announced yet. So I, I do feel like that is still a possibility at this point. Um, the Izzy DDP thing, legacy defining, probably not, but you know, it's nice to say that. I mean, why would you not say that? These are the things that champions should be doing. They should be putting over their, their opposition as strong threats. So that when you go in there and you beat them, you look better. Notice how Sean O'Malley looks way better than Aljo did because Aljo said, well, this guy's a decent counter striker, but I'm just going to kill him. And Sean O'Malley kept saying, well, I'm fighting the greatest bantam weight of all time. So it's, you got to put over your opponent. I think that's kind of what Izzy is doing here. Aaron Blanchfield, look, I've, I've said this a million times. I don't understand the flack she's getting for this performance. She can, she won two rounds to one. There was no controversy. Zero. Valentina Shevchenko, who was on one of the all-time great runs, there was controversy with her fight. And I feel very confident that 
if this is a five-round fight and it should have been a main event, not on this card, but on a different card, I think Blanchfield gets her out of there. Like I think she just needed like another two and a half minutes, and I think she was getting Tyler out of there. So it's very tough to look good against Tyler Santos, but Aaron weathered the storm. Her chin held up. She got hit a lot. She had great strategy of I'm just going to block – 100% of Tyler Santos' shots with my face. She got hit an awful lot in that fight. And she didn't, like, it was far from her best performance. But she still won. And that's what makes her scary. And I said this, and I got a little flack on this for Twitter, from, on Twitter after the win. Aaron Blanchfield is going to get a million times better. Like, she is nowhere near as good as she's going to be. And that is scary. And she's damn good already. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Right now, I would pick Aaron Blanchfield to beat Alexa Grasso. I would pick her to be Valentina Shevchenko. I feel very confident with that. I think she once she fights for the belt, she's going to win, and she's going to be the champion for a really long time. She's going to be a tough out for literally everybody she fights. It's just a matter of when she gets that shot. Now, if Rose wins and she has to take another fight, I'm, I have no issue with that. It's just going to make her better by the time she gets for that, to that title fight. So I would throw her in there with do the Macy Barber fight. I have no issue with that idea. Them two have been kind of going back and forth with each other. So, But I, I don't understand the flack she's getting for this performance. Why? She didn't go out and run over Tyler Santos. Nobody runs over Tyler Santos. Nobody looks good against her. Aaron Blanchfield had a convincing victory over her. So I don't understand the, uh, the, bad, the bad juju coming out of that performance. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Four on Sniper, hey, hello. Can you hear me? Hey, heck of a yeah. morning. I just uh, wanted to chime in real quick. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the Billy Goff performance because I hadn't heard of him. I didn't do my research on him, and I saw him fight, and I'm instantly a fan. Just wanted your thoughts on his performance. Thank you. 
So I believe I'm the only one on the MMA fighting staff who picked Billy Goff to win by finish because I've seen Billy fight a million times. And the fight you saw on, on Saturday is essentially a quintessential Billy Goff fight. Dude just gets after it. He will take punishment. He'll walk forward. He'll get through it. And then usually get the finish. Like this guy is like a multi-division champion in New England. Did it for Cage Titans. Did it for CES. He's winning Bannett, featherweight titles, lightweight titles, welterweight titles. This guy is just super fun. Is he going to be a UFC champion? No. But is he just going to be a fun addition to welterweight or lightweight if he wants to fight a lightweight? Is, is he just going to be a fun dude to have around and, and have fights like this? Absolutely. And it's crazy that they didn't put Billy Goff on the 292 card, considering he's from New England and you had zero New England fighters on the card. But, yeah, he's fun. It took a while to get him in there after the Contender Series win, but if you like that performance, that's essentially what you're going to get from Billy Goff 100% of the time. He's He's fun. He's super fun. Four Corner Sports, what's up? Hey, Mike. Um, so, with Lance's performance, if he doesn't get a title shot um, because of the both wins next week, when do you predict that we'll see Lance a fight? Because I think she said in a previous interview that she'd rather take fights instead of just sitting around for a title shot because it keeps him more active and it keeps him more in groove with um, progressing. So, I know that Lance Field fought in February, but and he fought last week, so it looks like it's what is it like a five to six month layoff? So, could we see Lanfield fight maybe one more time this month? I mean, not um, this year, or you think it's going to be the first quarter of next year? And um, lastly, now I I have I, for Otno, I have put Anthony Smith versus uh, Dominic Reyes. I know we haven't heard anything about um, Dominic Reyes coming back, but. Do you feel that Anthony Smith maybe has about maybe no more than like three fights left in him in the UFC before he hangs it up? Just because I felt like the performance felt like he's on the back nine of his career and uh, it just seems like the fights are going to get worse and the performances might get worse if he sticks around a, a little bit much longer. All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. Um, I don't know. With Anthony, I don't know. It could be five fights, it could be seven, it could be three, it could be one. I don't know. Uh, I also suggested the Dominic Reyes fight. I feel like it's just a good fight for both guys. We won't be heartbroken either way. And I know Anthony Smith is like, well, people talk about that I'm done and I'm on the back nine, but I'm, I'm going to make a title run and all of this. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I saw a lot of people suggesting Anthony Smith versus Khalil Roundtree coming out of this fight. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Anthony fighting Khalil Roundtree. Dominic Reyes is fine. Like, this is a fine fight. Former Two guys who fought John Jones. Two guys who, like, Anthony Smith could have won the title if he took the DQ. A lot of people thought Dominic beat John Jones. And Dominic just has been brutally knocked out in his last few fights. I just kind of want to see him fight somebody who's, like, might finish him, but it's just not going to bolt him like Yuri did or like Ryan Spann did or, or like Yamahovich did. You know what I mean? So I, I prefer that. And with Blanchfield, I don't know. I don't know. If Rose wins, all bets are off. All bets are off.
But if Manon beats Rose on Saturday, Aaron's going to fight for the belt, and we have to see kind of how this Grasso-Shevchenko fight goes. Now, if you're Blanchfield and Manon wins, I think you're obviously an Alexa Grasso fan because if Valentina beats Alexa, I kind of have a feeling they're just going to go right back to that well one more time. Uh, and if Rose wins, she's getting the next shot no matter what. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of hard to answer the question until we see what happens on Saturday. And then ask me like September 18th when we're back on the show. That's September 19th. And I'll have a better answer for you. But we got to wait and see how those fights play out first. Toke, what's up, buddy? Eight uh, episode of Damn They Were Good. Of course, uh, I want to compliment Jed on uh, trying to you know, keep reins on Brian Campbell, which is uh, almost impossible. It was a great episode, man. Um, and then I know this is an MMA show, but the Daniel Dubois, <laughs> the Daniel Dubois thing where he is trying to argue that he won the fight with a borderline, uh, borderline shot around uh, a low blow, like this, this thing, the two times Dubois has lost, first time against Joe Joyce, he was arguing, hey, this, we should definitely run this back. This was some shady shit or whatever. He, I don't remember what it was, but Frank Warren was in there talking about, yeah, he should get a, an immediate uh, shot against Joe Joyce again. And now he loses again, quitting uh, with an eye, uh, eye uh, injury after a jab. But because he had a, what was considered by the ref, a low blow, now he's saying, oh, I didn't lose this fight. Like, what is this politicking in boxing? And I, I, I've just seen it a lot. I've just seen it two times where it really annoyed me with Daniel Dubois. And how did you see the low blow? Did you see it as a low blow or no? That's all for me. Thank you. Uh, yes, I thought it was low. I thought it was a low blow. Have we seen worse? Yes, but I'm trying to remember, like, which fight it was. Like, because there's a UFC fight where we're talking about, there's a, I want to say it was a 291, where there was a low blow, and it, like, hit the cup before it went up to the belly, and Rogan's like, oh, there's no way that's a low blow. There's no way, and it was clearly a low blow. This, this is what that reminded me of. Yeah, I thought it was low. Have we seen, like, was this a Ric Flair drop to the knees and get your whole arm under there? Kind of a low blow? No. Uh, but it was low. It was low. The initial impact was low. And then it kind of dragged itself up to the belly. It was a low blow. It was a low blow. Ref made the right call. And that's it. Now, if I'm Daniel Dubois, am I gonna? If I'm Dubois, am I gonna sit there and say, "No, I was wrong." Of course not. You gotta be stubborn. You gotta try to get that rematch. You gotta try to try to win that belt. So I don't blame him. It was close, but I feel like it was a low blow. So I didn't think. To me, there was no controversy, but I understand why people think it might be because it was super close. But the initial contact was low, so I have no issue with the call. Adib, hello. 
Hey, hey, Mike. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Um, I have two questions. The first question is uh, regarding somebody that we all know, but we haven't heard from from since a really long time, and that's Gregor Gillespie. Why is it that we haven't really heard from him? And he's fought one time since uh, from 32. He's 36 now, and he's only fought one time in that period. So just want to know if you have, if you know anything about where he's at and whether we're going to see him fight anytime soon. And my next question for you is uh, with Cyril Gunn, if Cyril Gunn wins this weekend, what do you think is next for him? Um, like there's no clear path for him at this moment, but if he does beat Spiwak, what's the next step? Is it Curtis Blades or where does he go from here? Uh, thanks, man. Uh, if, if Cyril Gunn wins, it's going to be cue the music, Tommy Yasmino. Tommy Espino, la, 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 la. That's the fight. That will be 1,000% the fight that is made. Uh, I have it on good authority that uh, Tommy Aspinall is going to be in, in Paris. In fact, after his recent victory in London, he said, I'm going to Paris. I'm going to sit cage side. I'm going to watch Cyril Gunn, Sergey Spivak fight. And then I'm going to fight the winner. So I don't know how much the Sergey Spivak fight will appeal to Mr. Aspinall. But if Cyril wins, and I kind of think Cyril's going to win, then you do Cyril Gunn versus Tom Aspinall, and that's a big-ass fight. So if Cyril wins, he fights Aspinall, and round and round we go. Because uh, Curtis Blades already fighting. He's booked to fight Jailton Almeida on November 4th uh, in Sao Paulo. So things are going to get real interesting at heavyweight over the next few months because we got, obviously, this fight. We got... The Almeida Curtis Blades fight. We got John Jones versus Steve Bay coming up. I think a week after that fight. So things are gonna be a real interesting heavyweight. As far as Greg Gillespie goes, he's someone we've talked about on the show before. After his last win, he was like, "I'm only fighting dudes who are ranked ahead of me." So he was offered. He was before they made the Armin Saruki and Batush Gamrot fight, that main event from last year. The initial plan was they were gonna do. Sarukian versus Gregor Gillespie, and Gillespie was like, no, I'm not fighting him. I'm not fighting him. He's not ranked ahead of me, so I'm not fighting him. So he's just been kind of waiting for an opportunity to come, and I think he's realizing that he's just not going to get those names that he wanted. Like, I know Tony Ferguson was a name that he wanted, and I know there's some other dudes that, that he was interested in fighting, but UFC was like, no, you're going to fight Sarukian or Fazeev or somebody like that. And he was like, no, I'm not fighting him. So it seems like he might be on the comeback trail from social media posts. But yeah, he's kind of wasted some time. And same thing happened after the, the Kevin Lee knockout. He's on a good run, got just annihilated by Kevin Lee. And then he was out for a while. And now he's out. He's coming off of a win. He's out for a while. So. I don't know, seems pretty content, like, fishing and living the outdoors of life. But, yeah, I don't know who he's going to fight, honestly. Kinda, he's, he's in a weird situation. He might be fighting, like, a Grant Dawson or something. CV, hello. Yo, Mike, heck of a morning. Um, first off, I want to apologize. Um, I think I'm on a two-week doo-doo streak on Alt No Now, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Something about that morning card kind of threw me off, so I uh, apologize for that. I'm going to bounce back. Oh, good. Not like doo-doo, though. But anyways, um, I know you mentioned that um, Toronto's a possibility as, like, the first um, 
I don't know, maybe like a pay-per-view or maybe maybe even like a fight night event in January. So um, I just want to know, like, uh, like off the record, like what are your predictions for like the headliner for that? Um, like my dream scenario would probably be uh, Volk and, and Taporia. But um, um, my prediction is um, in 294, I'm rooting for Charles, but I think Islam wins. And after that fight, I think Islam calls for the rematch. So that means they'll probably do Holloway to Poria. I could totally see that just because I know the last time Holloway like headlined like a uh, pay-per-view. I think he did it here in Toronto against Ortega. So, um, and I know he fought here a couple times here already. So, um, uh, what do you think? Thanks. Yeah. So. I know people are reporting the Toronto thing. Uh, just remember where you heard it first. But that's not done yet, just by the way. But it seems like that's the direction they're heading. Um, what could headline that? It's tough to say. It's tough to say. I think Yuri and Alex would be a pretty good headliner for that card. But... Again, we don't know what's happening with, with Connor and, and Chandler. If that fight happens in December, then sort of all bets are off. So it's kind of up in the air. But I would say Voltaporia will probably not be on that card. Because if they go to Australia in February like they did last year, like maybe they go back to Perth again. You bet your bippy that Volk will be headlining that card. Maybe you do, I don't know. I'll say it's a light heavyweight title fight. That's that that would be my guess. Because if it ain't Connor, I think they will do the Sean O'Malley Cheeto fight is the main event for December, which is a massive fight and a massive main event. So go ahead and just do that and then do Yuri and Alex in January in Toronto and cook it with gasoline. It's gonna be a very interesting time for the for the UFC, that's for sure. Uh, King Cat, hello. Hey, Mike. Uh, you got me? I got you. How are I'm you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good, good. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah. So, I was looking at the uh, women's pound for pound, um, and they have Wiley and um, Alexa Grasso tied for number one. I personally would put um, Wiley Zhang as number one. So, I was just curious, what is your uh, women's pound for pound? pound for pound top uh you could do five or ten um I, I really do think that with that dominant win that um Wiley just had that she's number one um I know that Alexa you know finished the number one after Amanda Nunes left but um I, I really just feel like Wiley Zane has really showed uh, her athleticism and should be number one but what do you think like I said you could do five or ten thanks thank you um so, yes, well, there's a tie up the top on the UFC rankings. Lest we forget the only rankings that matter, the MMA fighting global rankings, Zhang Wei Li comfortably atop the pound, women's pound for pound list uh, at number one. Grasso is number two. Zhang got seven first place votes. Uh, Grasso got none. Uh, Izawa got the other first place vote, which is kind of shocking to look at. Izawa's really, really good, but kind of don't necessarily agree with that. So here's mine. I got 
Zhang, uh, Grasso, Shevchenko, Cyborg, Aaron Blanchfield are my top five right now. And maybe some people think Blanchfield's a little too high. I don't. I've been pretty high on her for a while. Uh, and I'm not – I don't have her the highest, even at five. There are some people who have her at four in her rankings. And I have Jan Jonan, Carla Sparza, Rose Namajunas, Juliana Pena, Tyler Santos at 10. Although that's probably going to change. After this loss, and then we got Myra Buena Silva, Liz Carmouche, Fioro, Larissa Pacheco, who I think is going to get a bump, Harrison, Jessica Andrade, Rodriguez, Azawa, Lord Murphy, Raquel Pennington. Those are my top 20. But yeah, Zhang, Zhang should be number one with the bullet on like everybody's list. Grass is really good. Win over Shevchenko was really impressive, but Zhang's on another level right now. And I think if Zhang fought Grasso right now, I think Zhang would dominate Alexa Grasso. So I feel very confident putting Zhang at number one. Dylan, hello. Like, uh, hey, I was just wondering if you could uh, talk for a second about what you think the Lazy King is going to look like in the PFL. I'm super excited about this guy. I was kind of hoping he would come to the UFC and maybe even make it on his Paris card. But uh, even though he's going to PFL, I'm still, I think he can make a pretty good name for himself there. And then uh, I also was just wondering, uh, if you could, make a note to Friday, please talk about All In. I'm, I'm not going to be able to listen live, but I had a blast watching it this weekend. But that's all, Mike. Thanks. I was hoping somebody asked me about All In, so I'm not even going to wait till Friday. I'm going to talk about that today uh, since someone brought it up. Lace Kings did do very well. The, the UFC ultimately made a mistake not signing him. Uh, he's just super fun and super good and just finishes everybody. And being in a pretty weak middleweight division, uh, he's a guy who could probably win the Millie multiple times. So, yeah, UFC's loss is PFL's gain, and he's going to go in there and do work on September 30th. And, yeah, it's great signing, great signing. Uh, so I watched all in. I didn't watch it live. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because there were, I mean, just looking at Twitter and just seeing how people were reacting to All In, uh, some were calling it the greatest wrestling pay-per-view of all time. Some were calling it the best wrestling pay-per-view of the year. Uh, every match was excellent. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to separate myself from this and I'm going to go ahead and watch it. So I watched some of it on Sunday night and I watched the rest yesterday morning. It was it was fine. It was enjoyable. I think the crowd made it what it was. Um, I didn't like honestly, I didn't think it was, it's I think people overrated it. I think people overrated it. You put that show if you put that show at if this was if All In was next Sunday in Chicago, and that, that's going to be a hot crowd too. But if you take that show out of Wembley, I don't think it's that great. Like, it's good, but I don't think it gets the same love. Like, CM Punk, Samoa Joe was, like, was fine, but it just seemed like such a weird opener. You know what I mean? And there were some fun matches. Uh, the, the stadium stampede thing was horrendous. Like, that sucks. Enough is enough. 
I am John Moxley out at this point. That match sucked. It was awful. Um, the women's match, the the women's title match, it was fine. It was a cool moment, obviously, with Soraya winning it, but it just felt, like, rushed. And I didn't love that. I think, like, those two matches just kind of, like, slowed everything down. Uh, I will say, I thought Jericho, Will Ospreay is really good. They kind of, like, picked things back up. FTR Young Bucks was, was, was good. I'm stunned that the Bucks put FTR over on that card. I didn't think that was even going to be a possibility. So that was fun. Um, and the main event was, was excellent. MJF and Adam Cole was excellent. This was not the best pay-per-view of the year, though. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. The crowd was everything for me. The main event was tremendous. Uh, same Sam P was, was awful. Uh, good moment for Soraya. But again, like, this was a, this was a, this was a short term poppy type of booking because Soraya being the champion, like, what are you going to do? Just, you're going to put her in there next Sunday and let her lose it because she's not going to be able to carry this division. So like, I don't know. I don't know. MJF is the best five tool wrestler on the planet right now. Is he will, is he will Ospreay or Kenny Omega? Is he going to flip and fly and all that stuff? No, but we're talking like five to a player. MJF is the best in, in the world right now. Uh, that match was, was awesome. Storytelling was great. Uh, and to me, that was far and away the best thing that happened on, on this pay-per-view on Sunday. But it was good. It was good. One to ten, I give it like an 8.1. Uh, and that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm a pretty harsh critic. Uh, but to me, this is not the best wrestling event of the year. I thought night one of WrestleMania was better than this. Uh, and I think if I, and I don't even know if this is the best AEW pay-per-view of the year, but I think it was just the moment and everything like that. I'm stunned. They're going to try this again next year. I don't think that's a great call. I think you got to spread the, spread the wealth a little bit. And if I'm WWE, I'm doing like two shows in London next year before all in happens burn out that wrestling crowd before all in goes again because they ain't doing 81,000 next time. It's not, then there's no way. There's no way. Most of the, (coughs) excuse me, most of the the tickets bought for this one were just intrigue. Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to do this? And I think it was just like the, the curiosity factor. Uh, And now they don't have it anymore because they just did a show. But all in all, if, if you are Tony Khan, if you are AEW, if you're on that roster, uh, you should be very proud of yourself. You should be very proud of yourself. You did it. You did the damn thing. You had a, a, a darn good wrestling show. And it was fun. But I think people were, I think it was a little romantic, a little too romanticized compared to what it actually was. But it was still really, really good. Uh, Latino Heat, go ahead. Latino Heat. All right, no Latino heat. All right, we're going to go for a couple more minutes. Uh, as you can hear, not feeling too spectacular. Let me pull up this Paris card. Uh, this one is taking a bit of a beating. We're down to what? Are we down to 10 fights? 
We got Gunn, Spivak. We got Fioro, Namajunas. I love the Santini, Tiago Moises fight. Ozdemir, Guskov. Uh, what did we lose? We lost a few fights. What did we lose? We lost um, Mawin Gafaroff against Taylor Lapalus. We lost Lucas Almeida, William Gomi. <laughs> Might be able to get those back if we can get some new opponents. But man, this is a this is a tough one. This is a tough one. This is a very like this is a very local card. A lot of debuting fighters. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm glad it's early in the day. But yeah, this is a tough one. Latino Heat, do we have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's um, up? Um, um, good morning, first thing foremost. But um, the what what do you think? Um, PFL should add two other weight divisions, like one sixty five, one ninety five, for example, so they attract and add more fighters to the roster and be more of a competitor to the other, like Bellator one in UFC. Maybe someday, but not now. They barely have enough to like. They barely have enough to like fill their rosters as they are. And you have definitely more women's divisions. That's for sure. Um, just having featherweight is is not, or having lightweight and then featherweight, it's just not doing the trick. So I think the first thing you gotta do is you gotta add more women's divisions. Um, maybe throwing a, a 15 or a 25 to an atom weight division. That's something like the UFC really needs. So if you want to take a shot at the UFC and do something that they don't have, atom weight's good. The tweener divisions, maybe, but I mean, like a lot of the a lot of the fighters who come over from the UFC are fighting up a class anyways. Like Burgos fighting a lightweight, Pettis is fighting a welterweight. Uh, Stevens is fighting at, at lightweight, I believe, as well. Um, I don't think they need that right now. I think they're trying to do too much anyways with, with all the different things and the, the pay-per-view model and all of that. Like, there's, I, there's just so many questions with the, when it comes to the PFL. It's, it's not even funny. I'm just looking at the comments right now. So, yeah, I... I Maybe it's something they think about in the future, but they, they got a lot more they get a lot more stuff to worry about than adding a sixty five or seventy five or a two twenty five weight class, anything like that. So they got enough issues, enough problems right now. Uh, someone asked, "Where is Joanna and Jacek gone?" Uh, she has gone into the podcast archives. Uh, she officially announced, informed the UFC of her retirement a couple weeks ago. Uh, she announced her retirement after the Zhang Weili fight, but there was a chance maybe she could come back for one more. But uh, I think that door has been shut on that altogether. Uh, we did a damn they were good on Yuani and Jacek. It is on the podcast network as we speak. I believe it dropped yesterday, and it is fun. I've done a few of these dams. This is probably my favorite one to do. It was Jed, myself, and Brian Campbell from Morning Combat jumped in, and we just talked about the – 
the, the great career of Joanna and Jacek, one of the, the fun action fighters, the woman who built the strawweight division, made it what it is today. Just super fun. Just super fun. My favorite category was the the Cole Conrad Award, where we had to be like, if, if this fighter wasn't a fighter, what other profession would they take on? And I think I, I think I nailed it. I think I might have the the best answer in the history of the show when it comes to that one. So go check that out. You get a long drive ahead of you. Uh, go listen to the Yuani and Jacek Dan. They were good. So all right, I'm gonna head on out of here. Uh, you guys are great, but. I just don't have a voice right now. I am losing it, and we'll be back on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll be good to go. 10 a.m. Eastern, we'll do it again. It'll be a very busy day as always. And then Friday, we'll be back at 10 a.m. as well, and we'll get you ready for UFC Paris. So thank you all very much. Back on Thursday. Have a great rest of the day, and as always, have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.